0: Welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me, as always, is Cameron Spann.
1: Oh, change up. Hello.
0: And Court Winsett. Hello, Katie. That sounded like a very particular hello. Were you channeling somebody?
2: No, not intentionally, honestly. I I, I... I was
0: getting a little Eeyore vibe.
2: Oh, well, I mean, listen, you're always going to get an Eeyore vibe <laughs> from me. I mean, that's, that's just natural. That is my state of existence. <laughs> but um, the only hello that I can think of is a pop cultural reference that I, that I know and I think other people would know is hello from Seinfeld. But uh, other than that, you know, I got, I got nothing.
0: Well, the reason I think I must have that on my mind is because today's episode... Yeah. We're in May.
2: Court's in full on Eeyore mode. <laughs>
0: um, can y'all believe we're in May? Mm-hmm. This is crazy. But uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yep. And so we thought we'd kind of talk about how finances can affect your mental health.
2: Uh, I would say it can very much affect your mental health. Yes, I have experienced the effects of finances on one's mental health.
0: Well, and it's, I know I've talked about it before, but I think that, I mean, it's crazy. So what this Mental Health Awareness Month mm-hmm. was established in 1949 to increase awareness and educate Americans on the importance of mental health and wellness, as well as decrease the stigma associated with mental health. And, okay, 1949. Yeah,
2: it really, it intrigues me that this this particular holiday and recognition of mental health has been around since 49. And its intent since the beginning apparently has been to decrease the stigma associated with with mental health and to focus on the importance of mental health and and wellness.
0: I I feel like that's recent that we've started trying to do that. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I certainly, I mean, if it's been going on for 70 years now, they've been trying to decrease the stigma. It still hasn't decreased enough, in my opinion. That hasn't been a very
0: good rate of return. Yeah. I would never have guessed 1949. In our industry, and I know I've talked about it before because I've really kind of jived into it, I really enjoy it, is how financial professionals are being taught a lot more to look into behavioral finance and to look at more the emotions and the mental that goes behind finance. And it it kind of lands in exactly in this topic of how financial situations, financial burdens, successes, all of it affects your mental. And I do think that it's more recent that that stigma is trying to go away. I mean, I even feel like a difference between your generation, Court, and mine and Cam's generation, like, it still was kind of a stigma, and it's just now almost like your kids' generation is the ones that that's not a stigma anymore, right? Do y'all feel that? Speaking <laughs> of
1: mental health, I've been texting. I almost had a mental breakdown over some logistical things, but it's mm. all good now, so I'm back. But <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, mental uh, mental health is so important. <laughs> but don't
0: you feel like it was kind of a? St- it still was kind of a. You didn't talk about it even when we were in like high school. Oh no college. way!
2: No way! When, when, it's, okay, it's, so s- suck it up. Yeah, yeah, let's suck it up. let's talk about the let's talk about the different generations. For instance, you know, just baby boomers, Generation X, uh, millennials, and then uh, Generation Z. Do they have a? I think my kids still, are still Z? Z. They're still Z. Okay, um, Generation X. Uh, certainly, our parents told us we should just you know buck up.
0: Yeah, buck up, buttercup. (laughs) And
2: uh, also those those same parents now, these days, they recognize the mental health struggles that people can go through. And Mm -hmm. they certainly, but like baby boomers, baby boomers were very much, I think, very much just sort of, oh, well, pull your boots, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And then, you know, buck up and put on a smile and fake it until you make it and all of those things. And oh, no, we're not going to a doctor. We're not going to sit on a couch and talk about ourselves for an hour. We're not going to take medicine. All of those things are bad. Yeah, um, I I don't know with your generation specifically, but I do know that my kids, the next generation, are, are very open to, to people needing help and doing whatever they need to do to to get that help. Yeah, it, it just doesn't phase them. Just like so many other things that used to be socially you taboo know, taboo that their that generation is just kind of like yeah, what well, you know, whatever you yeah. do you. Speaking of generations, a new generation is upon us.
1: Those born in the mid twenty twenties, which is like now, mm-hmm. often citing twenty four or twenty five, is called Generation Alpha. So we're going back to the beginning of oh, the alphabet.
0: Oh
2: wow! I mean,
1: why did we start so late with Gen X? Well, I know that there's a story yeah, there. Yeah, there's a story there, but. A book.
2: <laughs> But uh, I won't tell the story yeah. again. But yeah, I mean, it, it it absolutely drives me crazy that we're just doing the alphabet. We're just doing we're just, Okay.
0: <laughs> and I know we're generalizing. And so obviously it's, you know, there's exceptions to all the generations. But I do think this, you know, not the newest generation. What is it? Gen Z? Gen Z, Y?
1: What is it? <laughs> the, the young ones right the now? The youngest. Gen Z.
0: Gen Zs, like they very much are. They they love themselves. They don't care. They'll talk about their issues, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think it's you know, mine and Cam's generation, it's still kind of taboo. And but then everybody's starting to shift because we're seeing this younger generation is like, oh, maybe we should like actually deal with this and not just like suck it up buttercup and go with it.
2: I mean, I know so many people that would, would benefit from some some health, from some counseling or from some medicine. I mean, so, you know, but hey, listen, we, we've yeah. gone off on a rant here and we haven't even really gotten the episode started Let's, because yeah. what, pe- what are people really here for? People are, the people are really here for our list. Oh yeah. We, we know that's true, right? Yeah. So what is our list going to be this week?
0: Happy songs to put you in an upbeat mood.
2: All right. Top songs that can make you feel good. <laughs> And we're going to sing every single one of them. Oh, my word.
0: Walking on sunshine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we don't need to sing every one, guys. I want to say that this this next song legitimately makes me happy every time I hear it. I don't don't know why it has such a positive effect on me, but it it genuinely makes me happy. And I'm not an easy person to make happy. And the name of the song is happy
0: it's got an epic video with a lot of memphis stuff in it
2: well they did a, a lot of
1: local happy videos mm-hmm. yeah. communities got together yeah that's yeah. by pharrell i got to see him perform that live at the oscars nice all right mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. i'm just gonna move <laughs> right on past that next one is don't
0: <laughs> make <making> me happy <laughs>
1: Speaking of the Queen Taylor Swift performing in Nashville three nights in a row, mm-hmm. uh, "Shake It Off." Yes, yeah, yes, we had. We know.
2: I'm pretty sure we know all of the people that went to that concert. Because Half I, of our office <laughs> went to much, that concert. Yeah. My word, that was mean, a.
0: Yeah, that's a, got a great message. Hey, you know, you have a bad day. To shake it off, keep on going. Okay, let's go crazy, Prince. That's yep. a good one.
2: That's a that's a great Ooh. song. It's a great song. Rest mm-hmm. in power. Okay, I'm. I'm not particularly happy that I got this one, especially <laughs> when when I see the the one that's coming up after oh, this. Yeah. But the the next one on the list is Dancing Queen What's by it sing ABBA. It. Sing? No, <laughs> uh, but mainly because I don't know the words, but also because I don't sing. Um, <laughs> but I do know for a fact that my kids absolutely, or at least. M- m- a couple of my kids really, really love ABBA and everything that is Mamma Mia, you know, that's that's how they know well, it. And
0: it's, as I say, it's starting to come a lot more shows, like Firefly Lane has a whole scene about them dancing to this song, mm-hmm. and so ABBA's kind of becoming trendy because it's vintage, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know.
1: Next on the list is Don't
2: Stop Me Now by Queen.
0: <laughs> Good as Hell by Lizzo.
2: Get it. Okay, Girls Just Wanna Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. That is a good one. Uptown Funk. I right. know. This This is another one that just, man, man, I, the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, mm, yeah, get it. Come <laughs> on. Uh, yeah. Recorded in Memphis. Did you know nice. that? Yeah. Very, very nice. And then you get to close it out.
0: I will survive.
2: Absolutely. Well, and I
0: will throw one that I listen to when I'm kind of like with. If I was going to listen to I Will Survive, I would also listen to I'm Still Standing. Mm. Yeah.
2: See, okay, so when I'm actually in a bad mood and I'm trying to cheer myself up, very rarely do I go for these happy songs, even okay. though I've told you that they make you know, me happy. Usually I, for I go rock. for angry songs. I like, <laughs> I like sad songs. Is that weird? Oh,
0: yeah. No, I, I'll listen to like some, Ah, uh, oh, we were talking about James Blunt and like really like sad, sad songs. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah.
2: no, I go, for, I go for hard rock slash heavy metal. You know, I'm... I want to be made angrier. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Great. That I will survive song. Is that the one that's first I was afraid? I was was petrified. Okay. Okay. Yep.
0: Yep. (laughs) Okie dokie. So it's kind of a no brainer and this is just a conversational and it's kind of a dumb moment, but we need to do our part in May and bring awareness to the fact that Finances and mental health go hand in hand. And I think every episode we really touch on it. We've talked about divorce and we've talked about relationships. And I will tell you, I'm on a string right now of clients I'm working with that it's, I'm almost having to become like a therapist because there are so many emotions that come into the financial plan. I'm working with them, their goals, different goals. So they're very much connected. They play a huge role in your overall health and happiness. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that it's, you know, somebody loses their job and then they just kind of give up on themselves and, You know, maybe they don't become healthy. I think of Mr. Mom. Do do y'all remember that movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, do I remember I loved that movie. They roles switched. And so his wife went to work and he was at home and he just like, he became angry and he kind of like let himself go and was just eating and started like smoking all the time, like ridiculous stuff and went from like a very happy-go-lucky Michael Keaton to like, what what happened here? But he pulled it together at the end and he was a power dad, like he was Mr. Mom.
2: So let's do a couple of for instances. You kind of threw out losing your job. Obviously, that would be a huge stressor for a lot of people. Um, How do we combat that? we make sure that we have that uh, emergency fund. Mm Uh, You make sure that you have that emergency fund that uh, three months of your your expenses set aside so that if you do lose your job, you're not absolutely in a panic because losing your job, not knowing where your next paycheck or where your next meal maybe or where your next, you know, source of being able to pay your rent or your mortgage Mm -hmm. payment you know, that kind of uncertainty could really, I mean, I know it would send me off the deep end. I would be absolutely in a panic if if I didn't know that I was going to be okay. So that's thats yeah. a big stressor. Debt is a big stressor.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to go back to the living oh, okay. the job. I had a client I was talking to recently and she lost her job unexpectedly. Her entire department was removed. I said, well, how are, I mean, obviously you're really upset, but how are you feeling? And she goes, well, I've got enough money to live for I think it was five months and I was like, okay, you you did the right thing back when we first started talking. She said, my biggest concern though, and this this was an interesting thing. She currently rents. Mm -hmm. Her lease is coming up in two months. And so she would have to sign a year lease. Mm -hmm. Well, she can live long enough to like last for five months, but she's got to make a big financial decision on this place where she's living and she may not have a job at that point. Yeah. So that's where, even if you've got all your quote unquote ducks in a row, which if you got your emergency fund, there's things that pop up like that, that you've got to really go, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. And that adds anxiety and stress.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't know. This is, this is a fact, but you know, if you're in an apartment and you are going to stay in that apartment and just uh, renew your lease. They may not ask you to you proof know, of job, yeah, yeah. Pr- for proof of employment and stuff like that. Again, they may just let you renew. I don't know that to be true, but. I could see it happening. If you are looking for, if you are f- find yourself needing a new apartment and you don't have a job, then obviously that's a very difficult situation to be in.
0: Oh yeah. So, I mean, you were talking about the next yeah. thing really is debt.
2: Yeah. Debt. Debt, obviously, um, I, listen, I personally, I think I have mentioned before, I have been in debt in the past and I find it crippling almost. I find it just absolutely debilitating to know, just to have this huge number out there that I know that is over me and uh, not knowing how I'm going to pay it off, how I'm going to get rid of it. That can obviously, it can make a person depressed. It can make them stressed. It can have a very negative impact on your outlook. So Debt is a very lonely, lonely place to be.
0: Debt is different to every single person because someone may just have their debt of their house and their car. The good debt. And the good debt. And they may be like, I'm so stressed out. I have debt. I don't like this hanging over me mm-hmm. versus someone who may be like, Oh, you know, whatever. And they've got like a ton of credit card debt and house and mortgage or house and cars. But that's kind of where it wraps into your relationship with money and how you feel about the debt, how you handle it. Because there are some people that will never feel like there's enough money. They will always have anxiety that, They can't spend the money. They can't have the debt because they feel like it's something bad's going to happen one day Mm -hmm. and they're not going to have enough. Then there's others that just out of sight, out of mind. They avoid it. They don't think about it. And that's the ones that need to listen to our debt consolidation episodes, because they're getting themselves in trouble. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to throw it further. If you were in a relationship with someone, or I mean, even a family member, you need to be aware of the financial and emotional impact that debt may affect them, and how you can help them with it. Here's a funny one. Big Bang Theory. Mm -hmm. Do y'all remember when Penny borrowed money from Sheldon?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: And, you know, he did it. He was not worried about it. He knew like, you know, she'll she'll pay back when she can. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. Penny was so stressed out about it and like they had ordered Chinese or something like that and she's sitting there eating it. And she's like I know I owe you money. Like she started freaking out about it because she felt like he was judging that she's eating Chinese and has not paid him back yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people have probably felt that before? That's oh, yeah, that happens absolutely. if you've got that looming over you, but it's also one of those like she needed to eat. Like she couldn't just pay him back. And then she'd be in the same situation because she hadn't, you know, balanced that out. But yeah,
1: that's why I'm so hesitant to borrow money from like my parents or friends, because you feel it's that same instance. You feel like they're judging you. You, You're eating, even though you're human and you have to eat. It's, you feel
2: like they're looking at you like,
0: Mm -hmm. you owe me money. What are you doing? Why aren't you eating ramen noodles?
2: It can, can, I'll take it even a step further. It, 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 It doesn't even have to be that you owe the people money. If they see that you are in a situation where you're financially struggling, you can start to feel judged just because you're spending money that that you, maybe even you feel like, I probably shouldn't be spending this, but I'm going to spend it anyway. I'm going to splurge or I'm going to treat myself or whatever, but you know, you know somebody that is sitting there staring at you and you know that they know that you're broke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You may not owe them a dime, but you know that they know you're broke and you figure that they're sitting there judging you because you're spending this money. And it it just builds on itself. Yeah.
0: And we all do it because it's like somebody go, oh, well, I can't go on that trip or I can't. Mm. I mean, I remember when I was doing all the bachelorette parties and stuff, I can't go on that. That's too expensive. And then you see them like they just bought, you know, a whole new wardrobe or they Mm. just and it's like, oh, so you, you do have the money. But again, that was their priority. That's well, what they wanted to spend money on. But unfortunately, we all judge. Like it's, we try not to, but it is in our nature.
2: Mm-hmm. And even more than that, we all feel like others are judging us. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've probably heard it said that, the majority of the people out there that you're afraid are judging you are not giving Mm -hmm. you even a second thought. They have their own troubles that they're worried about and they're not judging you. But it doesn't really help if you feel like that's the thing. If if you're stressing about it, then you're stressed about it. And stress is unhealthy. It is unhealthy not only mentally, but it is also unhealthy for you physically. So, Which
0: (laughs) which we've gone through that, that if you're stressed, then more than likely you're probably having bad habits you know you may be smoking you may be drinking you may be not working out which then makes your health worse which then it gets to be more expensive because then if you're not in good shape then it all impacts and I mean any of us who know like if you're in a bad mood like hell recently I've been in a really bad mood up here and it's just kind of I've been in a funk and it's just I need to It was nothing anybody did. Was
2: it an uptown funk?
0: It was an uptown funk, Mm, for sure. mm. But it was nothing anybody did, but it's just kind of one of those I needed to work it out. And I know that maybe nobody else, but I felt like I was making an impact on everybody else because I was in such a bad mood. Pretty sure nobody else really noticed. They may have been like, hey, she's kind of in a bad mood. Just stay away from her for a minute. But, like, again, it's how we all think things are happening, and it's not reality. It's not really happening.
2: To be clear, that funk that you were in was not finance-related. No, no, You were not stressed about money. I mean, because financial stress, it's that kind of feeling that you were describing, but it's obviously specifically related to money, so... I mean, we've already talked about debt or losing a job, but it could also just be, you know, you're spending more than you make. Your living expenses exceed what you're actually able to earn. You're not earning enough. Or for goodness sake, I saw something the other day that said that the average lifetime cost of raising one child from the age of zero to the age of 18 is $330,000 or something around there. Mm -hmm. 300 and something thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and um, so you, if you got a kid and you're trying to raise that kid and you're trying to make sure that the kid eats and so forth, stressful. Um, you know, if, you, if you've if you got multiple kids and you're dealing with multiple expenses and then you start, golly, you start thinking about the child's future and, you know, paying for their college and paying for their weddings. What about when they start driving? You're in the middle of that. I mean, mm-hmm. you're yeah. paying for cars. Yeah. Yeah. it's, uh,
0: And we've said this before. People do not like talking about their finances. Mm. When someone comes and talks to us and they trust us, they get that, you know, relationship with us and they tell us about their deepest, darkest financial stuff, pretty much everything's on the table. They'll tell us anything because.
2: A lot of times getting it out of them is like pulling teeth.
0: It really is. And once you get it out of them, then you really do have that almost like therapist type relationship because they're going to tell you Everything it's gonna, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly.
2: Well, like for instance, you know, when a client comes in and they're stressed and they're they're in a bad money situation, and you you pull and you pull and you pull, and you finally, you basically, it comes out that their spouse is mm-hmm. is you know gambling, just, yeah, or, something, or yeah, just spending money, uh, just out there running up debt willy nilly without really mm-hmm. any thought for the effect that it's gonna have on you or the rest of your family or whatever. Highly stressful, but it doesn't just affect your financial position. It affects you mentally. It affects your marriage. It affects, you know, it just, it, it has whittles this
0: down to your abs- kids. Your kids can feel it. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. Your kids, especially if you have, if you ever accidentally slip up and say something negative about your spouse or about their spending in front of a kid, the kids hear that. They pick up on that. And that stuff can be.
0: Oh, yeah. If you were uh, like, well, we can't go to the beach this year because daddy spent too much money at the tracks. Like, I mean, don't say that, but sometimes people get to the point where they are, so they've kept it bottled up so much. Then it explodes. Mm-hmm. And then it either ends in divorce or they just air it all out to everybody because they are just mad. And that doesn't help anybody. And it's, it almost, I feel like, uh, I remember game of Thrones, the whole like shame, shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that happens. It's, it's the person that feels like they've put them put the family in that financial situation mm. and then it's how the other person is treating because i'm sorry there may be one person in the relationship that has caused the financial issues but it should be a combined thing and so like if there's if your one spouse has you know racked up all the credit card debt from shopping or whatever it may be like You need to try and meet them in the middle and try and understand what happened with this and not just play the blame game. Because that's, you're not, you're not, oh, it's it's not like your siblings are like, oh, it's his fault. He did it all. Like, no.
2: And I think we've touched on it before, but I don't know if we've ever done a list that is like, these are the top 10 major causes of people running up debt. You know, number one, hospital bills, number two, shopping, number three, gambling debt. You know, I wish we had a list like that. children. Yeah. I mean, all of that stuff is just, it can be, it can be a stressor.
1: What were you going to say, Cam? Back to your point about, you know, blaming each other. Uh, In a marriage, financially speaking, if it is every man for himself, if it's just like, uh, we've talked about this, you know, separate bank accounts, that's fine and everything. But if your spouse ran up a lot of debt and they're struggling and you're just like, that's your fault. My bad. That is mm-hmm. a one-way ticket to divorce town,
2: USA. In my opinion. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Listen, I have known people in the past who have specifically looked at their spouse's debt as their spouse's debt. Mm-hmm. That is their oh, problem. Man. They're they're going to have to worry about that. And th- those people ended up divorced. So yeah.
1: yeah. You're it, married. You're yoked together. I mean, you should be able to share problems. I'm not saying it's an easy task when your spouse racks up a lot of debt or mm-hmm. has gambling problems, but. Maybe that's where therapy comes in handy or something. Are we marriage therapists?
0: Is that our (laughs) spinoff
1: podcast? No. I've
0: I've kind of ended up being a financial therapist sometimes, just trying to help people.
2: I'm certainly not qualified to to (laughs) give anybody else marriage advice, Um, although I maybe do occasionally. It's usually unsolicited, and I'm not sure how good the advice is, but, you know... We're definitely touching on all of that. Finance, it's just, it really is a very good demonstration of just exactly how much finances touches on every aspect of Mm -hmm. your life from the romantic to the mental health. I mean, it causes depression and anxiety. If you're depressed, uh, if you're anxious, you know, what else goes with that? Well, insomnia, you can't sleep. And Mm -hmm. if you can't sleep, guess what happens? Your depression and your anxiety gets exacerbated. It's like a never ending cycle of garbage,
0: horribleness. And there's two things that I want to talk about. You're almost embarrassed. I had one of my really good friends, um, she had a situation, you know, she was in high school, so she maybe had her little like pizza gig or whatever, but she was not the main contributor to the family. Parents had a situation down on their luck and she was very embarrassed by it, but she wasn't eating lunch. She was skipping lunch to try and save money for the family. I found out about it in a roundabout way and I was kind of frustrated with her. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Like I I could have stepped in and helped. And I get looking back at that situation from both sides of it because Mm. she was embarrassed. She didn't want to have that guilt over her that I stepped in and helped. But it's also like there's got to be there's got to be some middle ground here because I'm really about to go on a soapbox. There's a big issue in this world right now, a mental health issue. There really is. And I feel like there's a lot on the rise of suicide right now. And a lot of suicide is Directly related to financial struggles, there are, there's a ton of that right now. Um, I think there was somebody recently, a TikTok star or something like that. They were in financial hardship, and he killed himself. No, I,
2: we're really going there. Ah, oh.
0: well, no, but I mean, you've and no, it's you've a got serious issue. It. I
2: just, yeah, it is an absolutely a serious issue. Some and, people
0: think the only way to get out of this debt is just to go to leave. But my point on that is. There needs to be a middle ground. You know, we need to be checking on our people Mm -hmm. and we need to also in the, for instance, of like my friend, like she needed to know that like she could come to me with Mm -hmm. those things. And so I think that's where we almost need to make it more acceptable to talk about money a little bit more with our family and our friends, Um, which I know it's a fine line because then you've got, you know, cousin Eddie showing up who's a moocher, Mm -hmm. but I think that that may help some more that. There may be situations where it's like, hey, gives a, a light on their situation. Say, hey, well, go go talk to Katie over at Pickler Wealth and see if she can help you look at your situation. She did wonders for me because really a ton of people don't talk about like, oh, yeah, I went to them because I was up to my eyeballs in debt. Like you're not going to solicit that usually. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes if you talk to somebody, you may find out there's people that are willing to help you. And it may not be helping you of giving you money, but just like, look, no, I, I got you. I'll help you with this. And that kind of goes to the withdrawal from social interactions. I know I've talked about this before, but having that understanding of the social norm and trying to keep up with everybody, there is a lot of people who go into debt because, you know, maybe all their friends can afford to go to all these lavish dinners and, you know, go buy all this stuff. And you can't afford to do that. But mm-hmm. yet you're still trying to keep up with it.
2: There's a Friends episode about that. The one where they tried to keep up with the Joneses. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the one where uh, Chandler and Monica and maybe Phoebe, but I think it was just Chandler and Monica were, were basically like, hey, let's go out to dinner. And the other three were like, Hey, we're broke, and you're constantly wanting to go out to these fancy places and split the bill, and we can't do that. And it's getting really frustrating. and it's like the whole point of the episode is kind of that that lack of communication among friends that they're you know that, that you sometimes you may not realize that there's somebody else that's really financially struggling out there. and they may be a very close friend of yours, and you may not be aware of the fact that they're financially struggling. so it's a good idea to check in with them. Yeah. and well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bullseye it up because that's my bullseye, but <laughs>
0: No, 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 we're not. You there. just wait.
2: It's yeah. keeping up I got with a good J- one.
1: Keeping up with the Joneses has been around since the dawn of humanity, but I feel like it's really amped up since the dawn of the social uh media. Age, oh yeah. Where it's... you just see the best version of people and what they have, their cars, their houses. We're all guilty of it. It's uh it's a terrible thing.
2: I have a friend who wrote a song called Keeping up with the Joneses. And it's a really good song. I like it. And I'll have to play it for y'all when we're off the air because I don't have his permission to play it on the air, but (laughs) I would love to hear it. It's interesting. It's a good song. You
0: know, before we go to the actual flip side of like the good financial mental health part of it, you could also be like, I'm a bleeding heart and I have gotten myself in financial situations where I've really been anxious and nervous about, you know, oh, my, my bills are getting higher. I'm spending too much money. And I go back and I'm like, well, but that wasn't on me and that wasn't on me and that wasn't on me. Well, that was cause we took the group out to lunch and I didn't want people fighting over the bill. So I just paid for it or, you know, such and such couldn't pay for their plane ticket. So I was like, well, I got it. Merry Christmas. Like I'm really bad about that. And then I will have moments where I'm like, whew, why did I do that? <laughs> and so it's, you know, and, and I'm in this financial world, so don't feel like you have to have it all together. It is a ongoing Thing that's going to happen. You're going to have good days and bad days. And I think it's just knowing that when you have financial stuff come up, when you have financial situations that impact your mental health, knowing how to handle it or knowing who to come and talk to, should it, you know, be really bothering you? Cause I mean, yeah, we talked about the dark side, the depression, anxiety, insomnia, you know, physical symptoms of how you can see someone like you, you you know how you can look at people and you can tell they're just really stressed, they're on hard times, like they just seem like they're almost whittling away and just really a, a shell of themselves. That can happen to people that it's just literally the weight of that debt, that financial burden is on them. And then it's you can turn around and somebody who's really like on the top of the world having like amazing success with their finances and they are just oozing sunlight and just like on top of the world, but then it can change in an instant.
2: Well, I mean, earlier you mentioned um Firefly Lane. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Tully goes through a whole thing where she's, she's the rich one, she's the successful one, whatever, Mm -hmm. but she goes through a whole thing where she's lost her job and she's freaking out because she's, she's all of a sudden doesn't have necessarily have the money that she is used to having. I just, you know, it just reminded me
0: of that. Oh yeah. I I mean, pop culture has given us so many different examples. You know, it's, it's been in front of our face for forever. Mm -hmm. What's happened. But again, it's for some reason we do not talk about it. It's very taboo. You do not share, as a, a majority, most couples do not share their finances with each other. They're hiding something. Social media has pushed that on the whole, like, hiding your Amazon packages, um, things like that. It's, yeah, but they make it kind of cute.
2: I've told, I've, I've told the story before about the, the Today Show where there was a Today Show financial contributor, uh, an attractive woman who was basically being interviewed by Matt Lauer. And she says, Yeah. Do y'all remember uh-huh, that? Uh, uh-huh. She says to, to Matt Lauer, You know, people would rather talk about uh, their sex life yeah. than talk about their finances. Mm-hmm. And Matt Lauer responded, Well, speaking of which, how is your sex life? And everybody just thought it was a funny thing. And then. And then uh, it's so on brand for him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's it's, true, it's, in a lot of ways, people would rather talk about their sex life than talk about finances. Mm-hmm. And that just seems crazy to me because I don't want to hear about your sex life. No, but-
0: for the most part, salary is very taboo. People do not talk about how much each other make. That is a
2: particularly American thing, though. And I think that a lot of the time, and listen, you know, no offense to anybody out there that is an employer, but I think a lot of, time, a lot of the time that is driven by employers um, because employers don't want employees talking about how much they make because they don't want them comparing notes. It,
0: I mean, that is true. And I get that how I've wondered, because I've been more on this side of like helping us hire people and stuff like that, like... Okay, well, is somebody gonna think differently of this person because we're paying them this much and you know this? And it's like we know a reasoning on why we're paying that person that much. Mm-hmm. But I do think it does kind of it causes issues. And so it does, I think it starts in the workplace that we we're not talking about salary, so then it just trickles down that you're not gonna sit there and have, you know, dinner with your neighbors and then be like, Oh yeah, well, how much did you make last year? Kim? Mm-hmm. and court, you know. You still got all that credit card debt? Like, nobody's going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe maybe. not as a whole with the whole neighborhood, but maybe yeah. like with your bestie or something. Like. Well, I
2: mean, even if you don't want to overshare, you still can share the things that will possibly help you find some relief. Because, you know, being able to talk about these things and maybe getting some advice from people is a good way to help you get yourself out of the situation that you're in. It's a good coping mechanism.
0: Some of my friends are my clients now, and there's been a couple of times where they've, you know, gone on big trips or they've done stuff. And I've like commented, I was like, oh, have a great time. And they've texted me. They're like, I know this wasn't in our financial plan. Like they feel guilty. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm your friend. I'm not your advisor on this side. Yeah. But, and then I caught myself the other day because I met with a client and she was really wanting to buy something. And I said... You know, you need to save if you've got these end goals of what you're wanting to do, like it's not worth it to buy it today. Like, wait on it. And then I see the very next day she's posting it on Instagram and I was like, Oh, I see you got it. And she's like, Oh, well, well, my mom got it for me. And I'm like, Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a personal, personal anecdote. Obviously, we recently took a trip. We talked about, I think we talked about it on the podcast. We recently took a trip and it was a it was a big trip for us. It's the biggest trip we've ever taken. And it was kind of a big deal, but obviously we were like, oh yeah, people are going to be judging us over the fact that we took took this trip because, you know, we really, but it was a 50th anniversary trip, 50th yeah. anniversary. But so. you
0: feel like you had to justify it because I've heard,
2: absolutely. I've heard yeah. y'all
0: say that. And I vividly remember when I was working at the nonprofit before this, I um, was driving a Nissan Murano before that and then ended up getting a Lexus SUV. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of my coworkers going, that's not a very good look because you work in a nonprofit and you're driving a Lexus. And I'm like, "Ouch." oh, well, okay. And so now I've had that in my head now as a flip that I'm in the financial industry, like the balance of like, I need to have my stuff nice enough that someone's like, oh, like they're- They
2: trust that you're successful and know what you're doing. But also
0: not so much that it's like- We all are making so much money, you know,
2: look what you're doing. That's no
1: one else's business. I I was at my kid's school the other day and I parked next to the principal. Turns out she drives a Mercedes and you know what I thought? I thought you go, you've worked hard, get what you want.
0: See, and that's probably most people think that, but because that one person made that comment to me, it's ingrained in my brain that I'm like, well, I have to be careful with that. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of, I think this mental financial is truly in your head, like, there's not a lot of people backing behind it. So you're fighting your own internal battles. You know, it's, it's the scary guy in your head, the enemy that you've got built up. And which, I mean, now that I think about it, I've never really studied a ton about depression and anxiety, but I feel like that, that is that, like it's, Mm. it's a lot of that is that definition. So again, full circle, your depression, your anxiety is very much peppered with financial and And again, if if you're needing help, we're going to start talking about coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. That's not cheap. So looking at, is it worth the money to then get the help to then be in a better mindset? So that's something to juggle.
2: Yeah. Um, I will say that some coping mechanisms, some self-help, some self-medication and so forth that people do uh, can be... Much more expensive than going to a therapist and actually getting real help from a doctor. What you'll find is
0: retail therapy.
2: A lot of people <laughs> may may shop or uh, alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. Actually, uh, smoking is a big one, and all of those things are, are are forms of of self-medication, self. You know, they're they're coping mechanisms to a to a certain degree. So stopping that can can definitely be a financial benefit to you. And working with a professional, because ladies and gentlemen, in case you didn't know this, none of us are mental health professionals. No. We just have an opinion on it because we see how it affects ourselves and we see how it affects our clients, the finances and the link that they have to mental health. But we are not mental health professionals, but you can, you can, it's okay to go talk to one. They, they, they can help you. They can give you healthier Coping mechanisms—they can give you ways to cope with your stress, anxiety, and depression that do not involve opening a bottle, or lighting a cigarette, or going and spending a thousand dollars on a purse, or something mm-hmm. like that. So, why don't we talk about some of the coping mechanisms that are out there? Just a couple of tools that people might be able to use. And obviously, number one, I just said it a few times. I'll say it one more time seeking professional help. It's, it's okay. And chances are you're doing something to cope with the the depression, stress, anxiety that you have. And chances are decent that it might not be very healthy for you or that it might be financially very unhealthy for you. If you're one of those people that's like, no, I can deal with it myself just by exercising. Great. Good on you. I'm super excited for you. As a matter of fact, exercise is one of the things that I use to deal with my stress, anxiety, and depression. Um, So, yeah, it's out there and it's a possibility. And if you already know that, great. I'm glad. Keep doing it. It does help. If you weren't aware of that and if you're coping with some other less healthy avenue by eating your feelings or something like that, Go get some, go seek some, some professional help. They can provide you with some other options.
0: As financial planners and advisors, like we know what our lane is and we know how much we can help, but that's where we'll bring in an attorney, an accountant, Mm. a therapist if needed. And while it may be awkward for us to kind of be like, I think this is outside of what I can help you with. I think you need to talk to a therapist. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, that's kind of scary for us to tell a client you need therapy, Mm -hmm. but That's us having the best interest of our clients at heart. And I mean, telling them, as with a lot of things, we take it sometimes better from a quote-unquote stranger than somebody who we're with or around a lot. And so... Yeah, we may have a financial relationship. We may be your advisor, but we're kind of at arm's length. We're not in your social circles for the most part. So you may take it better from an outside source, which is what we do. We take a look at your entire picture and see where are places for improvement. So we might be the one that can identify like, hey, therapy might be some th- a good coping mechanism for you.
2: Yeah. Okay. So see, one of the coping mechanisms that they have is building a, a support system. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about building a support system is um, you, it's almost kind of like uh, saving up for that, for that emergency fund. You've got to have that support system in place before you are in crisis. Because a lot of times when people become depressed, when they have serious issues with anxiety, they're going to withdraw they're going to want to do nothing but be alone. They're going to want to sit in their sit in their bed or sit in a dark room, watch TV, do nothing, not interact, not talk to people. And at that point, it's really going to be difficult for a person to build a support system. But if you've already got friends and you've already got people that you know that are that that know what they're talking about in terms of finances or in terms of mental health or, you know, whatever the issue is that you're confronting, if they already are there, it may not be quite as hard to reach out to them if you already know they're there and that they're willing to help, even if you're in a situation where you really just want to lock yourself in a dark room. That's such a good point. I think building and
1: having a support system may be the most important on this list. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't have people you can trust, whether that be in your home or friends or at work, that can be the difference between rescuing. I don't want to get dark, but like rescuing mm. you and you you falling off the edge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so important because it, mental health, you feel alone, right Court yeah. I oh, mean, absolutely yeah. yeah, yeah, you've got to have people around you who can who can see if you're struggling. you may not have to say it, but they can see it yeah. and they bring it to the light.
2: Your instinct when you are having certain mental health struggles, your instinct is to withdraw and be alone, and unfortunately, literally being alone can be the worst possible thing when you're already feeling alone. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could be in a room full of people, but if you're having mental health issues, if you're having if you're suffering from depression, if you're worried about your finances and it's caused you to to go to a dark place, you could be standing in a room full of people and feel alone. And then if you withdraw from everybody and go off somewhere by yourself with a dark bedroom or whatever then you're just basically exacerbating an already bad situation. So feeling like you have somebody that you can talk to, uh, somebody that that you can discuss these issues with, um, and, and knowing, knowing who those people are before you ever have to face the issue is really a, an, an excellent idea.
0: And it's like in those situations where we've talked about, you know, your friend's going to expensive places or things like that and you can't afford to do it, maybe if you confide in one other person, then they can kind of help be like, Hey, why don't we just, you know, hang out at my house instead of going out to dinner. And so then it's, you've got support with it where you may feel embarrassed to say, I can't afford to go to dinner with you guys. Mm. This person can kind of be your ally and, and you can still be included in part of the group because Mm. That's, again, we're going back to lonely if you feel like you can't be a part of it.
2: Okay. And then finally, one last little coping thing that we'll talk about, and then I guess we can probably wrap it up at that point, is part of the issue with the circumstances that we've described with a lot of these financial issues, whether it's a heavy debt or loss of job or somebody else's spending that is out of your control, they all have the same thing in common, and that is that lack of control. and. Feeling that lack of control can, again, uh, cause uh, depression, cause anxiety, cause problems for you and feeling that lack of control.
0: You can only control what you can control. Yeah. And yeah. So with it in a financial aspect, you can control how much money you save. Mm-hmm. You can control how much money you spend. You can't control if you're going to get laid off or not. Right. You can only act when that happens and I tell people every single time when we get a plan together on this is what you need to do to be successful. I tell them, I said, you're going to fall off the wagon. It's going to happen. And they're like, no, 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 I've got this. I'm set. I'm like, I'm just telling you, there may be a time where you bounce back and you get back in credit card debt, or you have a situation where you've spent too much this month. I'm just telling you, have grace with yourself when that happens and just keep on going. Mm. Reset, figure out what made you step back. And then keep on going. But if you set this unrealistic expectation, then you are going to crash and burn. And so you need to have that of like, hey, call back up here and say, well, you know, I, I stepped back in my old ways. I had a bad day mm-hmm. and this happened. How can we figure this out? So, and yeah. that's what we're here for is to help.
2: Talk to your people. Talk to your financial advisor. Sit down and budget. I mean, I personally, if I want to exert a little bit of financial control over my life, all I've got to do is sit down in front of an Excel spreadsheet and just sort of work the numbers. And I may be, I may be thinking to myself, oh, my God, these numbers are horrible. But what I'm doing is figuring out any little thing that I can do to exert what control I have over the things that I can control. Mm-hmm. And then let the things that I can't control sort themselves out. That's all you can do. So... There you go. That's uh. Th- this has been a, an interesting episode, but um, I could probably go on about mental health for, for, for a long, long time. I feel like we should have a follow-up to this.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a hot topic. It is something that is very, very important. It's not discussed enough, and I mean, that's where I don't know how other financial professionals are, but I try and very much be raw and honest with my clients and tell them like, hey— yeah I've experienced this or no, I haven't experienced that, but you know I, I I can understand where you're coming from and let's try and figure out a game plan on it because at the end of the day, we're all human. and just because you are in a, a mental good place, you're in a financial good place, you need to then prepare in case there's not. Mm-hmm. Everything is all about you know having your emergency backpack, your emergency funds, whatever it may be. And having these coping mechanisms in your back pocket whenever you may need them, mm-hmm. because you never know when you might need them. And that's, I mean, I hope that's the biggest takeaway from this episode is finances. It impacts everything. It impacts your, your mental oh, wait, health. Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. Are you are you doing a bullseye? Are you giving us a bullseye? A yep. smell a bullseye. Trying to sneak it past us.
0: You know, we've said it before financial strain or financial success can impact your entire overall your relationship, your health, your outlook on life, everything. And so it's just if nothing else take away that you need to figure out what your coping mechanisms will be, if you need to seek professional help whether it's within a planner or you know a therapist or your support system, but figure out who your team is. And and we've said that before that how we look at us is that we're a part of your team. You know, by the time you get to a certain age, I feel like you should have your people. You've got your friend that you can go to about certain things. You've got your family, you've got, you know, your attorney, you've got your CPA, you've got your financial person, and maybe you've got, you know, a therapist that can help you, who understands you and what advice they need to give you to help you get through some down times. Mm -hmm. Bullseye? Bullseye?
2: Bullseye. I actually have a bullseye this week. Um, I found recently that I have, I've I've struggled with bullseyes, but I've got a bullseye that I, I, I want to make absolutely 100% clear, and it is this, and it is very specific. Both of the topics that we are talking about today, finances and mental health, and the relation of the two, are taboo by themselves. They are taboo to talk about by themselves. They're probably even more taboo to talk about if you're talking about both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I cannot stress to you enough, it is important that you talk about them if it is something that is sincerely causing you problems. It is important that you talk about it with someone. And that's all I really need to say. You're staring at me like you expect more, but <laughs> I want more. I just feel like it's so important, and I feel like people are scared to say something. And I I don't want anybody to ever... I, I One of my big fears is, is that, you know, oh, they just seem so happy. They were so... They were so full of life and then they took their own life and nobody saw it coming. And I, that is one of my biggest nightmares is that somebody I know will be in a situation that they're not letting on about and it will be causing them problems and they may take drastic measures. They may be in crisis and talking to someone might've helped them. So don't, don't do that. Hmm. Talk to somebody. Bullseye. (sighs)
1: Yeah, I know this is kind of a financial conversation, but I'm going to be more broad, kind of like you, with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, mental health issues have always been around, uh, but we discussed at the beginning of the show generational differences, mm-hmm. how the older generation didn't talk about it. Um, but I feel like we're at a, at a time in our lives where we're coming together like as a world to make it normal to talk about. Like, yes, there are mental health issues. But that also creates an avenue of uh, mental health being overused and kind of light and fluffy. There's this really thin line Mm -hmm. between it. Yeah. So mine, it's just an observation. Just because you're at work and you do something bad and the boss um, chews you out, don't say, I have mental health issues because this is causing me stress. You know, stress is a uh, human uh, response. Everyone has stress, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, if you are um, suffering from anxiety, you feel trapped inside of your body. That's that's true mental health. So I guess what I'm saying is, uh, maybe the older generation um, just kind of try to walk in the other person's shoes and be gentle, and the younger generation don't fall into that trap of using the term mental health just to get out of uh, get out of a situation. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and, um, absolutely.
0: You just opened up a whole nother conversation with d- that because it, it has, yeah.
1: I did. And very trendy. I want to end, I hate to end on like a dark note, but I do want to say that um, help is available. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And so you can text or call 988. That's a suicide and crisis lifeline. You don't necessarily have to be suicidal to um, to call or text, but it is a therapist on the other side who can help you. So. And
2: no, the, the rumors that you've heard on social media that they're using this to track people and keep them in a, a, a logbook of uh, everybody out there who's ever had a mental issue, those, those rumors are not true. These are professionals that are simply there to help you if you are in crisis. So don't believe everything that you read on Facebook. And again, that is 988. Let's bring in that closing bell. Well, what do you know? There it is, ladies and gentlemen. That is the closing bell. You have made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast, recorded in our brand new studio. How you liking that, folks? We even got Baby Yoda over here now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beamed directly to your listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about Katie Pickler, Cameron Spann, or Court Winsett, please feel free to go to our website... And uh, maybe drop us a note, uh, suggest a topic if there's something you'd like to hear about, or if there's a guest you'd like to suggest. We love hearing from you. That website is bullcastpodcast.com. And also, if you like pictures, we have an Instagram handle. That handle is at bullcastpodcast. And we always have words to say on the Twitter. That is at bullcastpodcast as well. We have a Facebook page. The Facebook page is bullcast. The podcast. You can check us out there. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, Cameron, Katie, and I all work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about what we actually do for a living, more about how we might be able to help you solve your problems, find out about our amazing team and our boss, David Pickler. Please feel free to go to that website and check it out. That is PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you a pretty substantial amount to chew on today. So I hope you're still with us. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, For now, I'm Court.
0: I'm Katie. I'm
2: Cam. And we're done.